and welcome back to the F1 Rearview podcast where today we will be looking at and reviewing the F1 British Grand Prix. Not the 70th anniversary, that's next week, it's the British Grand Prix this week uh, and I'll be joined today to talk about it by the wonderful Reese Keeble. Hello, hello. And of course, Reef Buchanan as well is here. Hello. Hello. It's actually producer Ruth. Sorry, I've taken your title away okay. Producer Ruth is here, sorry. I've exposed your last Never name. Title. Um, Never title. Idiot Reese. I do not want a title anymore. Uh, so, British Grand Prix, guys. It's been, it's gone. Uh, what do we think of it? What do we think of the race? How do we think it went? It was a bit of an, in, bit of an interesting one, wasn't it? It went from 100 to 0 to 100. You know? Yeah. Like, the, the middle of it was a bit slow. It's got to be said. It was just, well, as I've just said to you, for the notes... A very much a DRS train yeah. from I think it was fourth till twelfth or something for the majority of the race, mm. and then right at the end, it got very interesting again. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, what did you give it out of ten? Uh, it's a tricky one because if if the middle bit wasn't as I'm going to use the word boring, but I don't really mean it as boring. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, wasn't as slow as it was. I think it would have been up there with like a nine. Nine ten, it would have been that high, but I reckon I've got to stick it at an eight, an eight. an eight, because okay. it, it was it was a very interesting end of a race. Yeah, still respectable, so. a respectable eight. Okay, mm. Ruth, what what would you think? I agree with Ruth, and I am going to use the word boring because I think it was boring. I literally remember sitting there messaging Ruth saying, "This race." It's very boring right now. <laughs> and then straight after everything happened. <laughs> but because of that, I'm going to give it a six, a six. out of ten. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to probably also say a six. Um, I agree. The The middle section, the start was good. The end was good. The midpoint was... I mean, there were some good bits of midfield racing, but it was just a DRS train. You get past, then they pass again on the next lap, and it was just back and forth. It wasn't really anything solid. Um, but I think there was I some good I'd... stuff in there still, but I think a six is why I'd, I'd give it overall still. I was going to say, I think I'd argue why I went that little bit higher is because, obviously, as a McLaren fan, they were doing some quite good like little like Lando's move yeah. that he did. Yeah. Like stuff like that was that would have probably been keeping me significantly more engaged than you guys. Because I remember when Ruth was texting me saying this is boring. I was like, Have you not been watching what McLaren's been doing? Yeah. Like we are doing some quite little bits. Yeah. But I think it that's probably why I've gone too higher. Those bits those bits were nice to see. It's just when the top part is just the same mm. for majority of the race. You're just sitting there like, okay, it's just I already know how it's going to end. Yeah, well, it's yeah, just right. going to be like this. I think the most. I was going to say if... we talked about this on the we've talked about this on the podcast before, where it's a case of stop watching the top three, start watching yeah. from yeah. fourth to tenth. Yeah, so definitely that was the only thing that made me want to keep watching was the fact that the midfield was so competitive. Yeah. It was all within a second of each other constantly, and there was constantly people trying to mm-hmm. get past each other. Well, yeah, you turned to me at one point in the race, didn't you? And you said, "Look, just look at the midfield. They're all like 0.5, 0.8, 0. Point, you know, and that, mm. that was very much the most interesting part is how close they all were together. Um, the midfield is so competitive towards each other compared to top three, where Mercedes definitely have the upper hand over everyone. Definitely, yeah, definitely. 
Um, so, I, I mean, I think the most interesting point of the weekend in terms of actually stuff that happened then, um, obviously apart from those last few laps, we'll get onto that in a bit, was the news that actually came before the weekend that Sergio Perez would not be attending the British Grand Prix because, um, very unfortunately, he, he's been to, he'd been back to Mexico to visit his mother uh, and uh, contracted coronavirus whilst he was out there. So he obviously wasn't allowed into the paddock. Um, he has said it's it's asymptomatic, so he's not actually showing any any symptoms of of COVID nineteen. Um, but obviously, he uh, he is um, self isolating. So uh, obviously, we do wish him a, a speedy recovery. I'm sure he's watching this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Racing Point had the uh, a bit of a problem on their hand. They only had one driver coming to the weekend, um, so they had to find a substitute. There was a lot of rumours going around. Was it going to be Van Dorn, Gutierrez? They were the kind of two reserve drivers set for it. Speaking about rumours, yeah. Um, you sent me a message saying about George Russell, and I don't know whether. Yeah. I, I so at first when I read that I was like this must be a joke, but then the more I thought about it I was like this makes sense this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So then I think I overhyped it because I was thinking hold on George uh, George Russell is going to get a shot at being in like the top five. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I think that there was a lot of rumours of of who could be there until something was. Pr- properly confirmed there was obviously rumours that Hulkenberg could be there which is obviously what then actually happened in the end and there was also the rumour that Russell as he's also a Mercedes kind of driver uh, in a sense in the same way that um, Giovinazzi is a Ferrari driver um, there was a rumour that he might go to Racing Point and then Aitken Williams' reserve driver would step up and, and sit in that seat but obviously in the end what did happen was Nico Hulkenberg obviously former Renault driver from last season lost his seat to Ocon this season uh, he got a shot back in, well, nearly got a shot back in F1 um, this weekend. Um, so let, let's just kind of talk about Nico then this weekend. How do you think he did on a whole? Obviously, he didn't get to the race, and we, that was a very disappointing part. But in qualifying, in that racing point, how do we think he looked? I was so happy to see Hulkenberg back. He is definitely my favourite driver. Mm. And I think he... Was P twelve? I think it was. I think maybe? it was eleven or twelve. Yeah, one of in those qualifying. in qualifying. Yeah, is that correct? It was eleven or twelve. And I have to say, after him not racing for as long as he have, as long as he has, to then get P eleven or P twelve just shows that he's such a great driver. And to me, it's just a shame that he didn't actually get to race because I think it, I hope that he makes a return to F one. However there's very limited seats for a lot of drivers yeah i think going off that point it it was sad to see him leave um i personally would have picked hulkenberg over Ocon, but that that's just me mainly because of experience like i would have been going off experience one with the car like i feel yeah. like if they would have improved the car enough hulkenberg anyways that's a sidetrack um i i'm glad i was glad to see him back and i was i was I was in two minds. I wanted him to get his first podium, obviously, and he was in a car that, from the last two races, the, the last three races, really, yeah. looked like it looked could promising. do it. I mean, this race, it didn't look the best, but mm. we're, he was in a car that looked like it could do it, and I was really excited for him until, uh, sadly, you know, the car failed on him, essentially. Yeah, so I think the issue that, that he had that unfortunately meant he couldn't start the race is they talked about it on um, Paddock Pass and on Tez Notebook. They said that the, the car, they, they started up for the test firings, everything worked fine. Then when it actually came to the final firing, to get him out to the grid, 
the car just wouldn't turn on. It wouldn't start, which is uh, obviously very unfortunate. And um, I think they have since looked at it, and it looks like it's it was a problem with a clutch bolt or something. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not an engineer. I don't know exactly what happened there. Um, very disappointing. But, um, yeah, so what do you think? So the UK rules, and obviously Paris is in the UK, social isolating, um, social distancing, whatever the words are, um, is 10 days now. So you've got to stay for 10 days if you've got symptoms of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will mean, as long as he follows those rules, I don't know if there'll be an exemption or something, but he should follow those rules. Um, by next weekend, he should still be having to um, isolate. So is, yeah. we don't know Hawkenboy's coming back for next weekend. Racing Point haven't confirmed that yet, but it's safe to assume he will be, isn't it? Well, they they put so race. I remember so I've this weekend I've just followed Racing Point on Twitter mm. because hats off to them. They've been very funny this weekend. Mm. Um, but I did see something that they did put on Twitter saying that um, it was kind of like a little hint that Hulkenberg's going to be back. Because I think it was something like I think they finished off a tweet saying "See you soon, Hulk." Wink, as in like we'll see you next weekend. Yeah, but mm. maybe that's me reading too far into it. They could potentially give a different driver a shot. But then really, that would be quite far-fetched. Yeah. I'm really hoping that he does come back because he now has raced in that car. He knows what it feels like. It'd be interesting to see whether he improves next weekend and gets a higher qualifying to definitely. then have a better race. Yeah, definitely. I think it is. it would be very interesting to see um, how that goes. And I would love to see him come back because... I mean, honestly, if it was me and I had to make a choice and I was Renault for next year, obviously they're losing Ricardo. Uh, uh, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I go for Hulkenberg. Obviously, they've gone for Alonso for next year and we talked about that last weekend. But Hulkenberg, I think, is a great driver and I think he's very, very much underrated. And, you know, yeah, okay, he had a long time in F1 and never got a podium. But, I mean, he was never in a car that could get a podium, was he? Uh, yeah. You've got to look realistically on the problem. If he's never got a podium, it's not his driving. Like, he... He he drives very in a very entertaining way. Mm. It's got to be said, and he's a very good driver. He was unfortunate to lose his seat to Ocon, and I feel like he was unfortunate not to get picked up by anyone else. But then last season, everyone was being really tight with the drivers, and I think it was only him who lost his seat. Was it? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, I think, don't know. That's a weird one. The isn't thing it? that really annoys me is when you have drivers still on the grid, like. Grosjean, who yeah. had to be black and white flagged twice because he was doing something that very clearly you should not be doing in an F1 car at over 200 miles an hour. Mm. When you've got perfectly good race drivers like Hulkenberg, who don't do moves like that because they know the damage it could cause, who then don't get a seat. Yeah. I just think it's such a, a shame that good drivers aren't given the chance because they want drivers who will do what they say but, not who want to do more yeah i think i think the problem is though where is there is there's not enough seats in f1 for him and there's nowhere for him to go unfortunately um if the room is to believe vettel mm. will take perez's seat at racing point next year so he's not going to be in there um perez and perez, gonna... perez doesn't yeah perez doesn't deserve to be out of a seat by any means he's drove quite He's drove, be- drove better than Stroll, you could argue. Well, definitely. But I think so... per- the rumour is Raikkonen's retiring and Perez is going to be going to, to Alfa Romeo to take that seat. So, uh, you know, I just can't see a seat really opening up for him right now in, in the F1 paddock. And 
Maybe we'll see some more teams come in the next couple of years with the new regulations well, and you can go there, but I don't know. It's, it's apparently, very tight. Apparently, Roman's thinking of going to a different motorsport mm. because he wants to get back on winning ways. So maybe that could be Hulkenberg's way back in, but then again, he would be at Haas, which is now a bottom of the grid team. Well, exactly. So Yeah, he'd need to think about, about it hard. Uh, that yeah. They are a bottom grid team. That is now. However, when the... I always talk about this on every episode, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Whenever the cost gaps come into effect, that should then help teams True. to say how the middle are now to be within a second of each other because they've all got an mm. equal opportunity to be just as good as yeah. the next team. You could, you could argue, though, that they could develop the car before the cost cap comes in. So then in the next couple of seasons after the cost cap, they're still having to be playing catch-up, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like, I know it's a new car, new regulations, but there, there will definitely be a loophole that Mercedes have found that can make them develop the car and get the car all sorted with hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds and then be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're sticking to the cost cap. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they can get it all sorted probably this year before next... Well, no, next year before the year after now, isn't it? Mm. So, I don't know. I'll also put I'm a disclaimer in here. I'm just really hoping that it just, it just helps teams like us and teams like Williams who just have been on the back burner for so long. Mm. Uh, I'll just quickly put a disclaimer in. If you're wondering why Reese's camera is running at about one frame per second right now, it's because he's in the middle of nowhere again with, with no internet. <laughs> yeah, apologies. But your apologies. voice is... In, uh, in, in, in a couple of weeks, we will be all in the same building with good Wi-Fi yeah. and a good camera set up, and it will be very, very nice, very sexy to watch. Your voice is nice and crispy, though. Don't worry, Reese. We can hear you fine. That's good. Our listeners good. on Spotify and things are not missing out. um yeah so i mean hulkenberg he probably won't come in back next year i don't think but as i say maybe 2022 new regulations that can all change but um it's good to see him back this weekend and hopefully we do see him back again um the weekend after that's for sure um so let's let's get on to the race a little bit more Um, in in that gap in that gap hold on in that i'm gonna turn my camera off because I feel like it'll help out more with me seeing you guys because no, you guys are all... Don't, turn, don't no. turn your camera off because that'll ruin up the whole video setup I've got, mate, recording the screen. Yeah, but it'll just have my little thing there. It won't. It? No, my it audio. Won't. No, it won't. No? No, it'll move all okay. the cameras around. Right. Please keep it on. <laughs> That's a good... Okay, right, right, right. okay. <laughs> uh, That's right. why I asked. That's why I didn't just do yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Um, right, so let's get back into the race then. Let's talk about actually kind of what happened. We'll, we'll talk a bit about qualifying first. We saw something very rare in Q2, we saw Lewis Hamilton make a mistake. He did he had a little spin down at, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what the corner is now. It's, it's going on to the old main straight. It's completely got a stow. I think it's stow. Um, no, it's stow. I don't know. what That corner. Um, you know the one I'm talking about. Um, he made a mistake. He got it off, got into the gravel, brought the red flags out. Um, Hamilton making a, sta- a mistake. You don't see it often, do you? No, you don't see that. You don't see it often enough that he gets the red flags out as well. Mm. You know, you don't you don't see that often. So he, he's very lucky he didn't end his qualifying there because it could have definitely been the end of his his weekend um, going off mm-hmm. there, and that would not have been good. Certainly, if he mm. then went onto the hard tyres in the race, um, it it was also the same mistake that Nicholas Latifi made. So I think for Latifi making that mistake, everyone's saying, "Oh, he's a rubbish driver, he's a rookie." To then see Hamilton do it, that must be some bring back some confidence for him that it's not actually his fault. It, it, it's the six-time world champion can make the same mistake. It's not that bad. Yeah, I think that's for sure. The difference between 
how often the mistakes come. It's so unusual to see Hamilton make a mistake like that. It's so common to see Latifi make that same mistake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that was a, a little, little, little quick bit from qualifying. And uh, apart from that, I don't think really qualifying had that many shockers out of it. Apart from the fact that the Mercedes were literally a second faster than everyone else, especially like third place and for Chapman was a second behind Hamilton. And the both uh, racing points didn't make it through to Q3. Stroll did. That was the only other. Little... Yeah, but both of them didn't. Is what I'm saying. I see what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. Like both, both of them didn't go through. One of them did. Yeah. But obviously Hulkenberg didn't. But then that yeah. is just getting used to the car. Well, Can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think actually Racing Point were a lot worse this weekend than they expected to be. Um, and mm -hmm. that, was, that was something that followed through into the race. And we'll talk about the race now, actually. We'll, we'll get on to that. So we obviously we, we spoke about the other Racing Point having that, that issue, not getting anywhere um, out of the garage. But Stroll didn't get anywhere on track either. He had no right qualifying. He came, I think, fifth or sixth or something. I think it was sixth. But just very quickly fell down the order, didn't really have any pace, couldn't compete with the Renaults and the McLarens that they've seen faster than the week before. What, what's happened there? Um, you're asking the wrong person. I've, I've not got a clue. I expected them to be carrying this all the way through, though. Mm. But they, they didn't. I expected the racing point to be competitive all season. And now, obviously, it's thrown a spanner in the works and you've got your doubts. So. Definitely. Thank Definitely. you. It's just the different tracks as well, though, that come into play. Different cars do better on different tracks. Mm. It's just a known factor in Formula One. Surely the Racing Points car can't be good on every single track. Mm. Just the same as Renault cars can't be equally as good on every single track. Maybe it's just one of those that Silverstone isn't a very good track for that type of car. But you'd expect the racing point to be all right because I mean, so racing points factory is literally across the road, and that's not an understatement. It's literally across the road from Silverstone. If you go to the entrance to Silverstone and you turn mm. right instead of left, you go to the racing point factory instead of the circuit. Um, so you'd expect that that's a circuit they've kind of designed the car around, and that this thing they they expect to be good, doing well at. But I don't know. It, it maybe it is just circuit specific. Maybe you know. Um, two weeks when we go to the next circuit in Spain they'll be alright but I don't know they just weren't there this weekend maybe next weekend actually maybe the 70th anniversary they'll they'll come up with something but I don't know it'll be interesting um, right so the, <laughs> the other big thing that happened in the first couple laps um, on that race was Alex Albon and Kevin Magnussen we've talked about Magnussen a little bit from the Haas thing but we're talking now about in the race um, Albon went for a, a bit of a move up the inside of Magnussen who went wide Tyres kissed, Magnussen went spilling off into the wall, um, and Albon eventually got a five-second penalty for that. Um, at the time, I thought that was a racing incident. I didn't think a penalty was really necessary for, for Albon there, especially not for Magnussen. Um, I thought it was a racing incident opening lap. You know, a lot of the times, those kind of things get overlooked. Um, what do you think? Do you think the penalty was fair? Uh, I personally don't. Um, I mean... It's a hard one. It's one of those ones that's in the grey area between racing incident and penalty. Mm. Like, it's literally on the margins. Um, for them to say that it's a five-second penalty, they might have seen something yeah. that we didn't. Obviously, they've been in the in the business a lot longer than we have. Like, they know what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, however, when I was watching it, especially on all the replays that they were showing because of the safety car, we got about 20-odd replays. Thank you, director. But, um, yeah, because of all the replays, it looked like Kevin left the door open. 
He, he looked like he left the door wide open for him to go down for Albon to try something down the middle. Obviously, he pulled in late, tyres touched, he went spinning off. Yeah. But I personally wouldn't have given a penalty for that. No. I reckon he had to, I reckon if he would I reckon if he would have just spun and then rejoined the race, I reckon it would have been wouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah. If it was literally just a spin, it was the fact that he put him out of the race. Mm. So I was actually reading into why the stewards made their decision on why they've penalised it, and they said that that passes at turn eighteen, which is where it happened, mm. are difficult to execute. And which is why most drivers won't do it there. But it appeared that Albon tried to back out when it happened. Right. Which I think was a smart thing for Albon to do. Had he have not backed out, that could have been a much worse crash for Magnussen. Well, and also could have taken Albon out of the race. It seems like they gave him a penalty because there was contact, not because there was anything to penalise. Yeah. And I think... If you're going to penalise one driver for that, the next time there's contact on a grid, everyone's going to be saying, why have you not penalised? Mm. It, it's kind of a fine line to walk for stewards to penalise that and then not penalise someone else later down the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting one, that one. And I think it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out in future races like you say because if something similar happens and people come back to this and say well hang on there that was a penalty but here you're saying it's a racing incident i don't know yeah it's a a weird one i don't think it should have been a penalty i think it should have definitely just been classed as a racing incident and they should have gone on but i mean albon had a bad race from there anyway really i did very well to bring it back to i think eighth where he finished in the end from having a five second penalty having to pit i think three times in the end for you know a whole scale of tires and used every single tire available to him in that race um it, it just went from bad to worse he, he was at the back for a long time but i honestly people said bad race from albon today i'd say a decent race for him because he had a lot of unfortunate things come his way he had a slow puncture actually from that which um, christian horner said about um afterwards which is why they made the pit stop um and, and he, yeah it was a weird race for him wasn't it i'd argue that he did well on the last couple, I wouldn't say it was a good race. I would say that he had an all right race. Mm. Like with a Red Bull, you're expecting a top six finish. Yeah, that that's just you're never going to shake that. You you when you get in that Red Bull, when you drive that Red Bull, you're expected to finish in the top six. Mm. You know, like Ferraris are, but obviously they're really underperforming this season. But and well, that makes it even worse that the Ferraris are underperforming and the Red Bulls aren't getting top four now, sort of thing. It's I don't, I don't know. Well, they are, like Max is, but Alex mm. is obviously struggling with the car. And like George said last week, was it last week? No, it was the week before. Like George said, he was like, the car is making Alex look stupid and Alex is not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a tricky one. He, 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 had a, he had an amazing finish to the race, shown everyone that he knows how to drive. Like, he's proved himself on that end of the race. It's just a shame that he didn't finish higher up than eighth. Definitely. And do you think there's going to be any kind of pressure from, from the Red Bull hires up to get a move on or otherwise he might risk losing that seat? Because, I mean, that is not a seat you want to underperform in, is it? No. I, I, I reckon there, there will be a lot of pressure, pressure on him. A lot of pressure. And it's unfair pressure. He hasn't even had a full season in that car yet. It's extremely unfair. But Red Bull seem to be the team that don't give second chances, mm. which... You know, kind of fair enough, but kind of not. When when you want someone to join a team and settle in, 
you know, they're getting a bad rep for that second car, aren't they? So yeah. I reckon they just need to leave Albon alone and let him just do what he's doing with that second car. Dick Gasly, who was in the same car and was underperforming and lost his seat because he was underperforming. Mm. I mean, it's kind of history repeating itself. But I mean, I with Albon, a different driver. Albon is doing a better job than, than Gasly was. You look at Gasly, he was actually getting lapped by Verstappen. He was, he was not getting points. He was getting lapped. Albon is at least getting points. He has had, for pretty much every race so far, he's almost certainly been in the top six position. Um, and yes, he has struggled. Qualifying was, was abysmal for him yesterday. I only managed him to get 12th. So, I don't know. I, I think he's still doing a better job in it than, than Gasly ever was. And in my opinion, he is the best person for that seat still, you know, no matter what. I don't, I don't think there's anyone else that would be better suited to that seat than he is. So... I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? They, they just give him time. Yeah. Give him time. They they, they gave Ga- like obviously Gasly really wasn't suited, but they get what they, they, they how long did they give him? It wasn't even half a season, was it? No. They, they struggled. They struggled with Gasly. Yeah. They are getting like like I previously said, they are getting a really bad reputation for that second seat. Just leave Albon to do Albon, mm. and if he struggles, if he struggles this season, give him next season. If he struggles next season, fair enough. But don't don't get rid of him. Well, let's let's talk a bit about a bit more about that Alpha Towery, the people that are in contention for that second seat. And let's see, let's talk about Kvyat because this race mm-hmm. was one that tires were a nightmare for I think pretty much every team on the grid out there today. The, we had a, a lot of tire blows, and we'll get to the main ones later on. But the first main tire blow we saw was Daniel Kvyat. who had his right rear, I think it was, blow out whilst going through Magus and Beckett's that high speed corner high g's as well through that corner it's the highest g um, corner on the track um he went flying into the wall and i mean you said you thought it, it was a, a pretty nasty crash didn't you reese well, i thought he was a gunner not gonna lie i genuinely thought he was a gunner like i i just instantly kind of went like that and it was only when i saw him punch the cameraman i knew he was all right really mm-hmm. but uh yeah it, it, it did look absolutely horrible but i think it, that's one of the worst crashes that i've seen in f1 obviously there was the f2 incident last year but that that was that was one of the i think nastiest crashes i've seen on such a high speed corner as well you're talking yeah. about 170 mile an hour going through that corner and then just he did well to he like luckily the car spam because if he just went straight forward mm. then i don't think we'd be talking about it in the same light i remember him actually on the team radio apologizing for the crash but in my opinion it was the tire blowout that caused his crash he originally thought that it was his fault because at the time he was adjusting his steering wheel. Mm. He was adjusting some of the controls. And so he said that he thought it was his fault that the car had spun as it did because he was on the red curb at the time. But I do think it was his rear tyre that was gone before he started spinning. Yeah, def- yeah, I, I was going to say, he obviously would have thought that as well because the curbs, the curbs were slippy. Well, there's no yeah. doubt all curbs are slippy. All of the red curbs are slippy. <laughs> so it did look like that he lost it on that curb before. Well, I think it was the uh, commentators were like, that looks like a tire blowout to me. Yeah. And then that's when yeah. it started, you know, obviously. Well, obviously that brought out a safety car with a lot more replays. Like you were saying before, the director was just replaying it from every angle that they had available to them. And every time I watched it, it was just weird how suddenly his his hands just, he, he was in control and suddenly he wasn't. Like that isn't what happens when you just lose control of the car. It's more, you're fighting it more. That was a tire gone, mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think he, he was if... confused that it, what had happened exactly, he didn't quite know. And that's why he was apologising, but yeah. I think if he had lost the car as well, it would have been more likely to see a locker than for him to have gone flying in the way that he did mm. as well. I think before the race actually started as well, he had a five-place penalty for his grid box as well. Gearbox. Um, gearbox, even, yeah. not his grid box. <laughs> so he was he was doing quite well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he To was... make a bit of a catch-up before that point, wasn't he? He'd come pretty much from the back of the grid, so I think it was 12th when he crashed out. So he was actually having a pretty decent race, and obviously... With the tyres that went out later on in the race, he probably could have been on for some points or something, but wasn't to be, unfortunately. Well, um, because of those, both Alpha Tauris look like both of the Alpha Tauris look like they were performing this weekend because yeah. of Gasly. Gasly had an incredible. Where did he, he ninth? I want to say. Yeah, he definitely. Had, yeah, oh, was not, he higher up? I'm not hundred percent. He did. He did well. He yeah. did very well this race. Did Gasly? Definitely. And you, I, I was. I was saying to Tom about the best of team radio. Like, if you don't listen to that after every race, well, not after every race, like the next day they put it out on the uh, F1 YouTube channel. Like, go listen to that, because it is a really good insight into what's going through the drivers' minds during the race. Mm. And at the end, he was just so relieved and so gassed to be that high up. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, they, 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 they have had a good weekend. I think they're still, like we said before, they're in a bit of that limbo, aren't they? They're not quite at the back, but they're also still not quite up with those Renaults, those racing points and those... Um, the McLarens. So Alvatore still need to find their feet. They're doing better and they are performing every week pretty well. Still just not quite found their feet, I don't think, there though. Um, but, you know, that's Formula One, isn't it? it? It happens. But, oh my God, Formula One came to its, its proper, that's Formula One, didn't it? In those last three, those last three laps, when, you know, the unpredictability of Formula One really came to, to fruition. Um, it all yeah. started in the last, Three laps, three laps from the end, uh, the camera cut to Volteri Bottas going very slowly. A lot of sparks coming out of his car as he goes wide around the first corner and he's got a massive puncture. And at that point, I was like, what? What is happening? Yeah, it, it's got to be. So when, when that happened, I kind of cheered. And then the next one happened. I nearly started crying and I swore that much that the dogs started barking at me. <laughs> and then... When Lewis's happened, the, the, well, the next one was signs. And then when Lewis happened, I cheered a little bit more. It was it was a roller coaster. It was a massive roller coaster of an was. end of a race. It was yeah, one of the best ends I've seen for a long time, and reminded me so much of 2017 when it happened. The almost exact same thing happened to the Ferraris who were leading the race, and then the Mercedes came through and took yeah. the victory. Um, but it, it worked out in the end. Bottas had a horrible. He was it was set for a Mercedes one too, wasn't it? They were absolutely bulletproof all weekend, and then Bottas had that end, that that uh, failure. Had to go into the pits, um, put some new tyres on. In the end, only managed eleventh. Didn't even get a point. Must be really disappointed for him because, from no fault of his own, he's just now thirty points behind in that title fight, which he's going to struggle to claw back. Um, but you know, then it happened to Science as well. Science was having a great race, wasn't he? He was up in like fourth or fifth, doing really well. That same issue. But Hamilton is so lucky how his happened that he actually managed to still hold on to the win on three tyres. What do we think of that? It, you don't see it every day, do you? Yeah. That, that's all I've got to say about it. You just don't see it every day. Well, I was saying, I don't. when was the last time someone won a race on three tyres? I don't think it's ever happened before. The only time I've ever seen it before 
is on Lightning McQueen, and that was all four of his tires. <laughs> so it is, it is, it is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. You've seen all the the memes now. If you're a part of certain Facebook groups, you see all the memes about Lightning McQueen and it being Lewis Hamilton and the badly overlaid, the ridiculously badly overlaid commentary. It doesn't even work. It's not even funny. But the resemblance is still there. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Apologies um, if you can hear tapping in my background, by the way. Uh, Bella is asleep and she's trying to run. Oh, so, bless her. <laughs> that's, that's how it's fun. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And to be fair, it was... It, what, is made that, what made that race is Max making that pit stop, putting him 30 seconds behind Hamilton and then ham- the, the blowout happening and just having the gap to Verstappen up on the screen. 26, 21... 16, 14, yeah. 8, 5, and then he then he got the win five seconds behind, yeah, yeah. just getting it. If it was a corner more, God, he would not well, have done Hamilton, it. Well, Hamilton, he wasn't even certain if that was the last lap. He went straight to Bono. He was like, was that the last lap? Was yeah, that yeah, the yeah. last lap? Yeah. And then you get the classic, get in there, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, really, I think, to be honest, it's what made the... It was the most exciting part of the race by far. Um, and obviously... The part we're going to have to talk about now is next weekend, soft tyres. Yep. They're meant to get a step softer on the scale. They're bringing different compounds. Um, are they still going to bring those or are they going to have to do something about it? Because I don't think the teams can, can afford to let that happen again because I, don't, I think they Pirelli have pretty much said that was not the team's fault. The tyre wear should have lasted longer. The tyres delaminated and blew themselves out. That was a Pirelli fault. So... What's going to happen next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, it, it's an interesting one. I, I hope that they still take the softer ones and then the race will be more interesting because like, they had to, some teams, the teams that the tyres went on, they had to do a two-stop strategy. However, I reckon we could push it for a two- to three-stop strategy next week. I reckon, if we, I reckon if there's a three-stop strategy, the race will be completely different and we are going to see a lot more messing up, not because of the tyres blowing out, because of the teams not knowing when to pit, when not to pit. If you need, if you need two or three pit, pit stops, that's a. It's technically a completely different spot. Yeah, essentially, well, it would it would definitely change the race. That's for sure. Ruth, what do you think softer tires would do? I agree with Ruth. I think it'll just make it more interesting with the teams having to manage when they bring drivers into the pits and whether they try to undercut other races or not. Yeah, I think it it will definitely be interesting just changing it up completely because, yeah, okay, these tyres might also have the same issues of, of, of the last race, but surely then that will make it more exciting because the teams know now that these might blow out. How do we manage that? How do we look for signs for that? How do we you know ensure that doesn't happen? I think it will definitely make a much more interesting race. So with that well, you said... Well, you noticed on the onboards all the blistering going around the tires didn't you yeah well i don't know whether right like i could see like a, a light then a little dark ring then a light ring are the teams just gonna have to constantly stay on the onboards like on on their little pit wall and keep watching their own drivers on boards to see if they notice when the tires start to blister mm. and when they blister to bring them in it's it, it, it's a weird one to weigh up you, you can't have the same strategy as you did this weekend obviously because the tires are softer yeah and you you can't have you can't go into it with a normal strategy because the tyres are now a lot less... What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, oh, I've lost the word. They're, they're uh, a lot less reliable right. than, say, they were two races ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, it, yeah, it definitely will be interesting. So let's put in our predictions then. Let's talk about it. 
What are we going to expect from next week's race? Say that the tyres are going to be as they're meant to be. They go a step softer. What are our predictions for? Uh, first off, we'll do racing uh, for the po uh, qualifying pole, and then we'll do the racing podium. Ruth, do you want to go first? I think qualifying. Um, I think it'll be Verstappen, Bottas, Hamilton. Okay. I think pole, Hamilton. Bottas for Stappen. I don't think we'll see Hamilton make the same mistake or Bottas make the same mistake twice. So you think Mercedes will manage to get the... At the same circuit too. Yeah, you think Mercedes will manage to get the 1-2 once again. Uh, I think she's frozen. Uh, she's frozen again. <laughs> okay, Reese. Anyways. Uh, what, um, what's your I've got a quick then? question about it. I've right. got a quick question about it. Okay. If Hamilton gets the pole position... Uh-huh. In qualifying, does that make him his eighth G like Great British pole? Because it's classed as the seventieth anniversary. Yes, I think. But it then will. it's on the same track. It yeah, will be classed as his eighth British. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. I reckon he will do it. That that's why I ask. I reckon he'll do it. The Mercedes look way too strong around the track. Um, until obviously Pirelli let them down. Mm. But the Mercedes look way too strong around the track. I reckon Lewis is gonna Lewis is gonna do it. And in the race. I reckon it's going to be Lewis first, and then I'm going to throw in a cheeky Max Verstappen in second, and then Valtteri in third, because I reckon he'll be playing on the minds about the tyres going, and I reckon they'll pit Valtteri too early, and Valtteri will get stuck in traffic. That's my thinking. Interesting. I reckon, because you're going to have to have a two-stop strategy. I reckon they're going to take the gamble on Valtteri, obviously, because you're not going to take it on Lewis. So they'll take the gamble on Valtteri. It will either work amazing, and Valtteri will win the race, mm. or he'll get stuck in traffic, he won't know when to go in for his second pit stop, stuff like that. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think for, for my prediction, I'd probably say similar to yours. I reckon it's going to be Hamilton Pole, 100%. That car is just bulletproof around this circuit. You know, I can't see anything changing. Uh, and then the race, I'm going to say Mercedes 1-2, Verstappen 3rd. I think it's going to be, they're not going to make any risks. They're going to go for what they know is safe and, and they're going to, yeah, they're just going to play it safe. I think that's 100% the way it's, it's going to have to go. Uh, maybe yep. the tyres might come into it a bit more, but I can't see it making that much of a difference, no. Right, so I think Ruth's back now. This has gone everywhere. Everyone's been leaving, joining, and I don't even know what's happening anymore. Um, but anyway, <laughs> my 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 apologies for the internet being so terrible this week that's the problem with doing a podcast online there's just un unforeseen issues i can't wait till we get into the studio apartment and we can properly make this podcast better um that's for sure honestly three three weeks time yeah right it'll be like a completely new podcast definitely definitely so you know i can't wait i can't wait um anyway let's just round up today then that'll be the end um Thank you for listening, watching, however you've been doing it on whatever platform. Thank you very much for uh, listening today. Um, I've been Tom. I've been Ruth. Been Ruth. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for watching. Bye. Bye, guys.